Welcome to Reframing Our Stories, the podcast. This podcast is about provocative conversations with beautiful thinkers about topics that matter and the stories that have helped them reframe their lives. Grab something cozy or put on your walking shoes and let's reframe. One of the things I love about being a sexuality health educator is talking with people one-on-one. It's in these conversations where we really break down what's been holding us back or things that have been getting in our way with relationships. It's in this time where I help people dispel myths, where we look at our expectations, and we can really focus on education. If this is something you are interested in, then please visit my website at www.reframingourstories.com. Today you are in for a treat, quite literally, and you will hear why soon. I've become a huge fan of our guest, Michael Ibera. I discovered her on the popular Instagram as we do nowadays. Her profile hit me in a way that not many do. I would like to say I'm good at seeing brilliance and friends, I saw brilliance, and I had to know who was behind it. You see, Michael is an artist, and her medium is pies. My eyes and stomach were both happy, even though I haven't eaten her pies. Her pies were not like any others I've ever seen. On top of them were vulvas. Michael shapes her pie crusts in the form of vulvas, and I have to tell you, it is brilliant, and the irony did not escape me. Hello, American pie. Here is her bio she gave me, and you will hear, even in the way she describes herself, the thoughtfulness of this woman. Michael Ibera, pronouns she, her, hers, is an artist and baker living in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Her current work explores the paths between empowerment, acceptance, sexuality, and objectification, using hand-sculpted desserts as her medium of choice. Her life has followed a curving path from artist to wife and mother to public school art teacher to baker, and finally back to artist. Interestingly, it was the slow process of spending hours in the kitchen, seeking perfection in baking, that awakened the inspiration to tackle her feelings about the proverbial women's place through visual art. She found pie was the perfect symbol to explore all the complexities. Beginning with the vulva being a source of pleasure and portal of life, while also being a source of shame and fear. Like pie, it's often treated as a consumable commodity. Her work celebrates the beauty of the body and showcases the diversity of normal bodies. Michael, it is my absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. I feel kind of overwhelmed just hearing you say all those kind things about me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, it's, I just, I mean, I want to already lift you up, like to experience, to see that, you know, scrolling Instagram as I did. And it was, it was like in my search area. Right. And all of a sudden I stumbled upon, I was like, is that a pie? is that a pie with a vulva on it? (laughs) And so I stopped and then I immediately went to your profile and I was just kind of dumbfounded at, um, to just see 
plain as day pies, which we all, most of us adore and love and enjoy and are at family gatherings on the table. And here on the pies are a depiction of vulvas in all shapes and sizes, all different colors that, you know, represented the way that they look that most people, I would say, especially uh, people with vulvas don't get to see. I, I agree. I, I can see where that would be surprising to see like that. And that, that is kind of the point, Mm -hmm. you know, like I wanted to depict them realistically because, you know, when I came up with the idea for vulva pies, it it could have went either way, you know, Mm -hmm. I could have went towards bachelor party desserts or we could have went (laughs) towards, you know, what I ultimately ended up aiming for, which was more serious exploration of the vulva. Mm -hmm. Could you, would you be willing to just like, take us back to that day in the kitchen where you were baking and all of a sudden you're just like, I need to bake vulvas. Like I need to make vulvas and pies. I want to know about that day. (laughs) If you can tell us about that day. Okay. Once upon a time, yes, (laughs) it wasn't that long ago. It was an early morning and I was in the kitchen and the house was still quiet, you know, because I've, I've developed this practice of waking up early before everybody else. And um, it's not natural to me, but I do it. I wake up early and I collect myself and I write three pages every day. And it's a, it's been really beneficial to me and it just kind of puts me first, you know? Mm -hmm. So I had done that and I got up and I went over by the stove and I was just preparing myself for what I needed to do. And I just got struck with this idea to make vulva pies. Hmm. And then I was kind of overwhelmed with it. You know, as you saw, when we started, I get overwhelmed easily. (laughs) It's my creative soul. You know, I get so excited and I was just gripped by this idea. And then I was just like, yeah, and I could just, I can make vulva pies and I could explore women, you know, we are pies, we're treated like pies. And and then I thought of, Mm. of course, Revenge of the Nerd and the (laughs) Revenge of the Nerds and the movie um, American Pie. And I, I just, my brain started running with this idea. And then my husband came in from his walk because he also wakes up and does the same thing, but he goes on a walk. And when he came in, I I was just like, I had this idea, you know, I want to make vulva pies and they're going to like, you know, all kinds of ladies. And and there's so many of us and we're all treated the same way. And, you know, I was so excited and I can't get my thoughts together. So it's just this really vulnerable idea, you know, like I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't know if other artists identify, but I think we do, you know, when you first have an idea, it's, it's a baby. And mm-hmm. if you share it too soon, it could get destroyed, you know, yeah. like if, if other people's input or it's like, if it's not baked fully, then mm-hmm. that's perfect. Yeah. It's too late. So my husband was just kind of nodding and looking at me like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Well, I think you should do it. Just do it. Let's see what happens. And so that set me on the path to trying to figure out what this idea meant that came to me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
That's awesome. I just, yeah, I can imagine. I mean, that is vulnerable, right? The To even share an idea that we have, that's an artistic vision, but one of this nature, right? To be, right. it's not, it's, it's not a typical thing, right? Right. So, and, you know, I'm a mother of four and I'm a, I was a public school art teacher for 17 years. And then I ran a home bakery for five and like all of my customers and clients are former students, parents. And so here I am, like, I'm going to take this baking that I've been doing and selling almost as this persona, as this happy homemaker who's left Mm. teaching and I bake pies and life is good. (laughs) And now vulva pies. (laughs) (laughs) And I really had a, a crisis about it, you know, like, what does this, what does this mean? I can't show these. I have to secret pies. You know? <laughs> it, it, it was really a struggle and um, just trying to figure that out. So I have so many questions with that alone, but <laughs> so we're going to get more back. Okay. Back to that. But my question is, I mean, I see your pies and it's a form of education for me as an educator. I was, I'm like, how perfect of a way to educate around different bodies and to see them in that way. Right. Right. So, um, how do you think they are important to the public based on the fact that so many of us, uh, when we think of all this, because porn is such a like a readily available thing for us to look at. And many young people base um, what vulvas need to look like from porn. Right. So how do you explain to people the difference? Right. That's a big question. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think I had to start with explaining the difference to myself. You know, I don't think I fully understood the difference in a vulva being a body part and a vulva being used for the sexual gratification of another person, you know, and I had to, and that's kind of why I had so much shame in, in wanting to make them because I didn't want to be misunderstood. You know, I don't want my former parents thinking I'm a pervert who wants to look at vulvas all day long, you know, but as I started looking at this idea and I really took it as divine inspiration, like this idea came to me. I wasn't walking around the house, you know, looking at Cosmo or, you know, it's just like, boom, I didn't know there was a vulva art community. I didn't, I had no knowledge of anybody else doing this, you know, just other than on cakes, you know, like you see those bachelor party cakes or something. So I, um, as I started looking at the idea more and I started finding out that to, to see, like, if you Google real vulva, don't do that at work, but if you Google, you know, <laughs> be mindful, like, <laughs> be mindful of your audience. Yeah. So I I'm like on this path looking for real vulvas and all I can see is, you know, 75% of women don't know their 
vagina is a vulva. Mm-hmm. You know, they can't even yeah. frame it. They like, don't even know. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. they don't even know the terminology. Yeah, and like mm-hmm. um, women, labiaplasty. And then I started getting Google ads for labia, you know, like, and I started yeah. getting these um, surgeons in my Instagram feed and everything, you know, because I had been looking for these terms. And then it just hit me the shame and the suffering and the upset that vulva owners have over this beautiful, powerful body part, you Mm -hmm. know, and the thought of having to surgically alter it to make it appealing to someone else. (laughs) it, It just, it made me that kind of framed the whole series. So when I decided to start making them, I decided that I would be as realistic as I possibly could be to highlight the diversity. And so that people could see without looking at porn or judging a lady, you know, it's a pie. So it's completely separated from an actual body. So anybody could look at it, I think. And then just in, I knew that using the Instagram grid and putting them all together you would have kind of an overview of diversity. And so looking at my profile right there, you see, whoa, look at all these different, but the same. And it it puts it in this, because it's on pie, it's made it, I mean, the the symbolicness of it, of like you said, the commodity of it, you know, Mm -hmm. it's consumed, but also, you're making it normal because pie is a part of our normal experience, yeah. especially within a family atmosphere of like a home baked pie and this like dinner table. And here on the top of it is, you know, this, this body part that literally, and I'm going to have to look up the name because I always say it incorrectly, but there is a body part within a name within um, a part of our vulva structure mm-hmm. that literally means shame. Oh, I want to say the word pudendal is a part of the anatomy of the genitals and it means to be ashamed. Wow. Which is just the fact that the fem- the female body, so much of it has been removed in terms of in medical books or uh, the description and sex education, even in the school systems and stuff. And just now, you know, we are bringing more back to describe the labia and the clitoris and saying those words again out loud, because it is, I think the most foreign part of the body for those who have them. But as you said, they're also the ones that are most, that are the most consumed. Yes. You know, and that's, I mean, we're referred to like, I'm going to go get some (laughs) and meaning Mm -hmm. sex, you know, and they refer to our body parts. I was trying to avoid being crude, (laughs) you know, it's like that, that idea that our body part is for their consumption. Mm-hmm. And so that I'm kind of trying to circle back to porn and how 
the pies are different because I didn't make them for that type of consumption. Right. I made them so that anybody who put, who saw them would be forced to examine mm -hmm. and look at all the parts. And I, I really wanted people not to be able to deny the beauty of it, you know, yeah. despite the color, despite the variety of size and shape and even textures. I tried to put as much of that in there as I could. And I think that um, it, it's hard even for me, you know, to still try to separate porn and images of naked bodies and <laughs> what I'm doing as an artist you know, but I keep struggling for the right words. And this is definitely helping just thinking on this question, you know. So then how have your, and the community who's been directly around you and who knows what you do, how have, do they, how have they responded to this? Um, for the most part, I have just been surrounded and uplifted by positive women, you know, I mean, at least according to my Instagram statistics, it's like 75% women and they're excited and they feel represented and seen. And mm -hmm. I've gotten the most beautiful heartfelt messages mm -hmm. about women and from women who've never even looked at their body until they saw my pies and they were just like, whoa, I need a mirror, <laughs> you know, and they That's spent amazing. some time looking and they said, you know, they didn't even know mm -hmm. that the color had changed. <laughs> they didn't yeah. know, right. <laughs> you know, and um, they felt shame until they saw a pie that looked similar mm -hmm. to their own. And they didn't know that there was, there was anybody else out in the world that also had that you know, and it's yeah. just, it feels so much bigger than me just to be able to do that, mm -hmm. you know, because I mean, I was born with this talent and I, I, I'm even, you know, it feels weird even calling it talent. Cause I don't feel like I know what I'm doing. I just start like, I can make that, you know, and then my hands just kind of make it, but allowing myself to do it, it's felt like a gift, but, um, a few, a few people always take it like it's for consumption in a pornographic way. Like, yeah, I'm having pie for dinner tonight, you know, and they mm -hmm. write comments like that. Yeah. But usually I answer them back in a very educational or professional way because I spent so many years as a high school art teacher. So any lesson in clay involves boys talking <laughs> about getting oh, squeeze sure. and you yeah. pull the coils. And yeah. so I'm used to people trying to put me on the spot, you know, in mm -hmm. lewd ways. <laughs> so I'm pretty good at deflecting. And I think just my own feelings about what I'm doing kind of converts people. Like even if they start out feeling kind of naughty about them, they they're like, wow, you know, that's mm -hmm. kind of beautiful and refreshing mm -hmm. to get to see vulvas in this fun way. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think too, maybe it helps them wonder even about the anatomy of penises and things too, right? Because right. they're also so different and they also are only depicted in a certain way in porn as well. And so, it's true. you know, I always find it amazing when, um, you know, there's, other artists who have, who have done different, you know, 
molds or casts of vulvas or penises and just have hung them on the wall just for people to see in a gallery. And, yes. you know, it, it is, it's a place to be seen in the way of we often feel so alone in, in the way that we possibly look, or we always wonder, is this okay? Is this normal? Mm-hmm. And so to give a place where you are allowing a person to be seen and allowing yes. them to, you know, feel like, oh, I'm beautiful. Like I'm a piece of art, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like this part of my body is a piece of art. It's a source. And I love how you said it's a source of pleasure and like the portal of life. Right. And right. I feel often that it's not respected enough in so much. Like I hate when I hate the word pussy, if I can yeah, say that. That's why I was avoiding saying it. I know. I, <laughs> I, do I, too. I do not like it. And, and I don't like it also when people are called that, you know, other people have embraced it and they, they enjoy that word and it's, and it's what they call theirs. And that's fine. I personally have a hard time with it. And I also don't like it when it's used as a source of saying someone is weak. Yes. Because I think about the fact that really the vagina and the vulva are really magical and super strong. <laughs> like definitely. They're flexible, right. they can do so many things. It's it's self-cleaning. It's actually quite an amazing part of our bodies. It's it's not weak in any sense of the word, you know? It, it is not. We can take a kick even and <laughs> 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 probably be okay. I mean <laughs> we'd overcome. <laughs> But I, I agree. And I, I don't know. I've, I have a, I use a hashtag, I use a hashtag pussy power sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> because I'm trying to embrace the word as, as a powerful thing. But I think mm-hmm. growing up, I heard it used as an insult and a weapon so many times, Yeah, me too. even by women. And I don't like being referred to as a piece of that, you know, or exactly. some that. And so I mean, I'm not, I'm not offended. So I don't clutch my pearls if I hear the word, but I personally don't use it, you know, Mm -hmm. in my normal conversation. And I think, um, you know, if you can't even say vulva, you shouldn't get to say that, you know, like it's just, it's been used in a demeaning kind of way. Yeah, I agree with you. So what are some of the other kind of overall messages you received around sexuality growing up? Ooh, um, I was thinking um, about this just the other day and how my life is really divided or fractured is a better word from in my childhood to where I had, I was born in a normal house on Cherry Street, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was like yellow and my parents were married and they were young and then they got divorced and then it all changed. And it was like, my parents started dating and there were all these, um, my mom had to start working like two jobs and go to college. And I had to go to daycare and Mm -hmm. I was about four years old. And just everything I ever knew changed. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Suddenly it felt like, and in my memory, it's really sudden, you know? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. um, there was dating and my mom's, I remember her putting on makeup and going out and it was just, there was never time for me anymore because she was doing all that stuff to earn money. And then also probably trying to earn a new husband, you know, or right. a, new, a new partner. So she wouldn't have to keep doing all of that stuff for money, you know, because mm-hmm. it's, it was really hard back then to be a single mom. And I, it wasn't common. I won't say it's any more hard or less hard than it is now, right? but it was definitely not it was the point where when we moved into an apartment that people wouldn't let their kids play with me because my mother was a single mom. That's really so, it, yeah. And like, you know, Oklahoma is kind of conservative and I guess they mean bigoted, <laughs> exclusive. I don't know. It just, it didn't feel like a welcoming place for me as a child. And I always was aware that I was different because my mom was dating Mm-hmm. And then I had my grandmother who I ended up living with at age eight because you know, my mom was struggling. <laughs> so I ended up living with my grandmother who was my father's mother. This is a lot. And um, anyways, she was very negative towards my mother and her dating and about why I had to live with her. And she was from born in the depression and came of age during world war ii and she thought that there was a certain type of woman who used her body to get what she wanted and that Mm. she taught me everything about sex in my body in a very clinical way and kind of like it was candy to hand out to some good deserving man one day you know like interesting these are your goodies you keep them to yourself you share them with Prince Charming when he shows up. I don't know. He'll have lots of money and you'll know him when you see him. You know, I don't know. It's like the Disney script in a way, right? (laughs) It it was very much like that. And then as I started becoming a teenager, she couldn't handle it at all. You know, it's like constantly accusing me of like, I'm going to start using those goodies to get what I want. Mm -hmm. And it was just this oppressive feeling. And then I didn't understand because then there was my, her husband, my grandfather, who I love dearly, but he was a porn connoisseur, you know, mm-hmm. like he had a closet full of magazines, a shelf full of videos. And if I walked in the room when he was watching it, like dirty movies, I had to leave because it, he was watching movies and it was just as common oh, as, yeah. yeah. So I saw a lot of things mm-hmm. as a young girl trying to save my goodies. <laughs> right. And, and then here you see, yeah, that's a confusing message. For sure. And so she, my grandmother would always kind of make it like, that's how men are. They mm-hmm. like this stuff, you know, mm-hmm. the women who are in that stuff are all certain types of women that you don't want to be. And we're not, you know? So I was just so confused because I wanted to be sexy. You know, I wanted to be hot. I wanted guys to like me. So how do I, how do I navigate that? (laughs) How do I be sexy and not be one of those kind of women, you know, Mm -hmm. too much pressure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's always that, um, 
I always say you're damned if you do and damned if you don't, right? Like that's it's always, it, that's the dichotomy that we live in. Yeah. And so I think it just kind of pushed me to the rebellious, aggressive side of the line. You know, I think I definitely went the other way towards, I didn't go the way my grandmother hoped where I stayed <laughs> nice and kind and loving and pure <laughs> shared my goodies with the one, you know, so I kind of went rebellious all through middle school, high school, questioned everything she said. And now I know it was because of that mixed message, you know? Yeah. So I didn't know that then. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, and that's, what's really hard is because in our society, oftentimes um, bodies born with vaginas, you know, we're told, we're told all those messages and then we see ourselves selling, you know, hamburgers and a bikini. And so it's, you know, and so we're constantly like, well, which is it? You know what? I don't understand. And it's like something where I feel like we're always trying to navigate and, you know, constantly feel a sense of shame around any sort of decision we end up making because Sometimes there's that element of loss when we decide not to honor anything about our sexuality, you know, and then there's also this sense of loss and shame too, when we do, and then when we're criticized for it. And so it's just a really hard place to live in. And then I know from listening to your podcast that you're a dancer Mm -hmm. and my oldest daughter was a dancer also. And so I saw her navigating body image and the costumes that she would have to wear to be with her dance troupe. They're always very revealing and, Mm -hmm. you know, not always appropriate for little girls, you know, it felt that way. But as a young girl too, being, I was a cheerleader. So I knew my skirt was a lot shorter than any skirt I would be able to wear exactly. in school it's, or it never makes sense to me. <laughs> and I'm jumping and I've got bloomers and, you know, like me too. The football yeah. players liked it, you know, mm-hmm. so it's like a, and I liked it too. So it was hard to figure out what does this mean? Like mm-hmm. there's just never a straight path for, for us. <laughs> that is the truth. <laughs> How has creating these pies then, how is this starting to change you? Ooh, it's, it has given me so much compassion for all of us vulva owners that has made me aware that gender isn't necessarily associated with vulvas. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I was really careful with that when I started the whole process to understand and make sure that I didn't use gender when I'm talking about the vulva, but to only use gender when I'm talking about myself, my own stories or Mm -hmm. other people who identify as women. Um, It's made me more confident of being, I don't know how to phrase this, but As an artist, I think I've spent my whole life negotiating myself or talking myself out of great ideas, you Mm, know, like I should do this. This is great. Oh, no, it's terrible. You know, and this time I, I felt like it was such a big thing that I leaned into it. And because of that, 
I feel like more things have come to me and I feel more confident to claim that word, you know, I am an artist and that means I'm different, you know, that, that these ideas are mine and my point of view matters. And I don't feel it all the way yet, (laughs) but I'm still very humbled by it, but I'm more open to being guided across the high wire. I just heard it phrased that way, you know, like there is a benevolent God guiding me in wants the best for me. And these ideas are part of that whole net of love and inspiration. And if I just keep moving forward in love and and trusting that it's going to all keep working out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's great. That's like, I mean, it is a big step and it's trusting yourself, right? It's trusting in that, that nudge that we get within that is telling us to create. Yeah. Even if it's a little scary. And we spend, I, I know we all do it. We get, we want something so bad and it just feels out of reach. So we keep not going that way, you know, Mm -hmm. but if we had just started just a baby step in that direction, we'd be so much farther than still wanting to be, you know, just start, to start going. So when you're in that space of creation in your kitchen and you have four kids and yes. and your husband. So what is that process as you're creating and then them seeing what you create? Um, how are they responding to it? And what are the messages that you're hoping they're receiving as you're creating these amazing pieces of art? Um, I'm hesitating. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I, it, I'm lucky, I think, well, maybe I'm not lucky, but actually only one of my children still lives at home. Mm-hmm. So she is 11 and she sees the work I make daily. And she's really been kind of curious and supportive you know before I started I kind of had a family meeting with I guess not family meeting it was individual meetings with each person (laughs) and so I told my kids you know I'm going to be making this um I'm going to put them on the internet you know and I don't I don't know how they're going to be received but I just want to make sure that you're okay with this because I you know the last thing I wanted is one of my children to be like you were scrolling (laughs) through Instagram and see these pies, but um, they were all very supportive and they told me to do what I needed to do and they would support me in any way. And if they needed, if I needed anything, you know, to let them know. And my husband has been amazing, you know, just his, He's helped me in so many ways just to not feel ashamed because I think as a couple, it, it's also helped us address my own body image issues, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. self-consciousness. And like, as a couple, we've, I think we've become closer and more open because I feel more comfortable talking about my body and mm. my own comfort and discomfort or even just saying, I want this, or I don't want that, 
you yeah. know, like all of it's kind of opening space, just allowing it to exist as pie in the kitchen, you know. One thing that's strange is I do look at reference images. Mm. And so my computer screen frequently has a very enlarged vulva on it. <laughs> and I feel very strange about it still because, you know, it's, oh, here's my computer. So <laughs> if I don't, I try to be very conscious and close the windows, right? <laughs> Erase the search history. <laughs> but um, I, I look at, and so sometimes my daughter's like, whoa, didn't expect that on mom's computer. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, but what an education she's receiving now too. Like. And I asked her how she thought, you know, like what she thought about me making these the other day. And she said that she thought I was more open with talking to her, you know, in, in her own thoughts about her own body. So I'm really glad that that's happening. Cause I don't feel like I was able to be that open with my, you know, 29 year old daughter. So oh, yeah. it's just, it's like a whole new me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think too, like you were saying, the fact that you're more open to even say what you want or don't want. Right. Because right. we're often again, not taught to advocate for our own pleasure or what that even is. And some of us don't even know. And so, I mean, I can just imagine, I mean, in my own mind, I can imagine you sculpting these things, these these things, <laughs> vulvas, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, with the mm-hmm. dough in such a way that it's also then opening up your mind to just even our own contours, like, oh, <laughs> yeah, our and- own kind of landscape. And what does that mean? And yeah. And what's so funny that you say that is when I started, I, I just thought I'll roll out the dough and then I have, you know, I use like my normal sculpture and clay tools and I'll start pushing and shaping and I'll understand it. But when I really started looking at how the clitoral hood, can I get graphic here, oh, goes yes. down into the inner labia, I didn't understand how that even worked like how the skin connected, you know, like I thought this was a part, this was a part, you know, I didn't, I had never really looked. And so I was seeing just the differences in the bodies and I had to stop trying to sculpt them and go back and draw and sketch and kind of learn anatomy myself so that Mm -hmm. I could see how it even happened. (laughs) And that, I mean, the clitoris is quite large. Yes, it's it is. very large. And we don't, <clears throat> we're never taught that. We think it's this little button, <laughs> but right. it has legs and bulbs and it expands throughout our entire vulva. And it's surrounded by wrinkly skin. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's very hidden and sometimes it's all exposed. And in each way that it's like even it's so amazing to me that even though we have the same parts, they just are all configured differently. Yeah. And then I don't know. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I love it. I love I, learning about it. <laughs> I just it can never get enough. <laughs> as I start talking, I don't even know if I've answered the question anymore. So since you've had, have played many different roles as an artist and a baker and a mother and a teacher, 
What do you want to see change for society around sexuality based on your experiences? That's a very big question. I know. Um, I like big questions. <laughs> that's like a, one of those overarching, <laughs> this is what my life is about question. And you have um, three words. To answer. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think I, one thing I would like all those roles to be able to be together, you know, all of my roles to be able to exist inside of me without me feeling like a fractured soul. You know, mm. I don't, I know we all put on masks for different places, but I don't feel like my role of mother and wife should have to be so different. You know, yeah. like I feel, I would love it if I could effortlessly glide from <laughs> baking in my apron and like, now I'm a mother. Hello, daughter. You know, now I'm a wife and mm -hmm. come here, husband. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but it, it, it never works that way. So, but as an artist, I think one thing in doing artwork like this is I faced um, censorship, you know, and I see a lot of other people trying to do this type of um, art with a message or educational artwork, even photographers who mm -hmm. show breastfeeding or women's bodies during birth, they're censored. And sometimes we don't know why, like we don't know what drew the censorship. And it seems it's almost as unfair as growing up as a child, not understanding how to, you know, where to fit in because you'll see these women twerking and dancing and hanging on poles and they stay. And then you see this lady make a placenta mug and her mug is censored because it's showing birth or something. Yeah, obscene. That's so strange. So I would like there to be more space and, room around all for all of us, you know, but um, as a teacher, I, I would like to be able to, you know, just seeing how our young girls are growing up and, and I guess not even just girls, but people. And I still see boys objectifying girls and talking about them like they are commodities. And I see girls still, wanting that attention and, and trying to be liked and loved. And, you know, I, I would like for young girls to be able to feel sexy and come into their own as women and, and powerful beings without that struggle, you know, that I had to have. And I guess that's the same struggle I'm having as a mother and wife or, you know, it, Sorry, I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> well, it does feel big, right? It's just, it, it feels like how, how are we still playing this game? You know, it just feels like um, unnecessary, you know, and it's, I feel like it's also damaging in different ways because we're not teaching the fullness I feel of, of what life can be. And we're keeping it in these different planes of, you know, within these kind of gender roles or these expectations that are just so limiting. And Definitely. I just, it makes my heart break. You know, I had talked to, uh, I was hired to teach some 
adolescent boys about, you know, who are in high school, they wanted me to teach them about contraception. And so I was teaching them about, uh, and like consent and safe sex and our safer sex and STIs. And we were having all this conversation and I was teaching them about how to put on condoms and all these different things. Right. And I asked them, I'm like, what is it that adults say to you about sex? What is the main thing you hear? And mm-hmm. they say, use protection. And I said, is there any more? And they go, no. And I'm like, that's all you're told. And they yeah. say, yes. And I say, and I looked at them and I said, I'm sorry. And they kind of looked at me with like their eyes got really big and they, their mouths dropped open and they're like, what do you mean? And I said, you deserve more than that. Mm-hmm. You deserve to know what it means, how to feel, what you can say no to, what you can yes. say yes to, you know, and I would phrased it in a different way. And I'm telling you, those boys were silent looking at me. Yeah, I and, can imagine. Yeah. And I just feel like that's the continuation. Like we don't, it just makes me upset that so much of our lives is just, we're limiting the deep connection that we can experience with one another and the potential that can live inside of us to maybe explore something that we feel we're not allowed to explore, you know? Definitely. And that, you know, I feel like, like I said earlier about my grandmother, I was taught very clinically about my body parts and my period and that there was sex and how it functions, you know, Mm -hmm. but it didn't sound like something to look forward to. (laughs) It didn't didn't match up with my own feelings of desire or, you know, my, what I was feeling as a person. And so I see that with young people as, you know, when I was teaching that there's still that struggle, you know, like, how do I connect with another human? How, what do I do with these overwhelming urges that I have in a non-offensive way? You know, like what way can I ask for what I need? Or it's just so much, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah, and it would be nice, even as an old person, <laughs> to, yeah, be to to learn how to, to tell that. me how. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> we're all learning how to ask for what we need. So we're almost out of time already. I can't believe how fast this is going. Yeah. <laughs> I want to just keep talking. <laughs> so, what story? I ask everyone, what story are you reframing for yourself today? Um. I, I think I'm reframing, or I know I'm reframing just to make just my own shame that I had to reframe what my own body, you know, my own body parts. It's, I had to definitely reframe the making of this art because Way back as a college student, when I had a lot of anger and I I was just becoming aware of what it meant to be a feminist and the patriarchy and all of these huge political things, I, I was very aggressive with my art. And I did a lot of, you know, in your face nudity and just sexually aggressive images. And it was encouraged in college, you know, we're all just a bunch of loudmouth 
kids who are angry at the world, you know, let's make art. And then I became a teacher and I had to stuff all of that away. And I became very self-conscious of rebel Michael, you know, I put that away and then mother, oh dear, we're going to soccer parties and we're having birthday parties and the children are here and, you know, put all of me in a little box and don't ever bring up that old angry college self, you know? And then when I started making this, I had to look at, am I going to use a symbol that would hide part of my meaning and just like, maybe I could make peaches or I could, you know, have nice fruit bowls (laughs) that have hidden meanings, or am I going to really make this vulva pie, you know, because I could have used the mandorla shape. I could have, you know, completely just played it safe, but something in me said, no, you're going (laughs) to put it out there. And that's what I really had to reframe that this was not the same as being dirty. It wasn't like getting caught by my mother and her telling me that I wasn't very nice for whatever it was. You know? mm-hmm. But it, And so I just had to really change my feeling and make space for myself to exist and give myself the right to create this artwork. And I think in making it, that's kind of what I feel I'm doing for other women and Volvo owners. You know, we have the right Mm -hmm. to have this, to own it, to share it, to love it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to not share it, to keep it in the closet. You know, you do whatever you want, but it's yours. Mm -hmm. And I just want to care for it as we want to, right? For it to look as it needs to look. As many times a day as you want to. You just Mm -hmm. love it and notice it. (laughs) Yeah, And that's, that's what I think I had to reframe just psychologically. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, thank you. Thank you for listening to your gut and for being brave because it's, you know, that's a lot. It's vulnerable. It's stepping into a space that you don't know how people are going to respond, but I mean, it's clear that it's been helping many people, right? Like just what you said with the messages it's giving a, it's giving people a chance to see beyond. Yes. And I've been, it's even, it's more than I ever expected. You know, I thought maybe a thousand people might like a photo, you know, I had no idea that it would grow into this. Yeah. And thank you for giving me a chance to talk about my art and think about these huge questions. (laughs) (laughs) I have grown as a person. (laughs) Well, I appreciate it. I have a tendency to ask all the big questions. <laughs> I'm glad I need it. <laughs> if people need to find you again, um, tell, tell us where they can find you and see your art. Cause I know after they hear this, they're going to want to go look at it. And how can we support you in your art? Is there a way that we can support your art? And yeah, um, just tell us right now. Um, if you go to Instagram at pies in the window, I have the whole series. I've done four series now that are posted and you can view it there. And then I also have the website, which is piesinthewindow.com. And you can see the pictures up close and personal. (laughs) And they look much better on my website than Instagram. And then I also um, show extra images along with, you know, like the baking in process and 
Um, I haven't started selling prints or anything like that, but I've been asked a lot if, yeah. if I would sell prints or do commissions. And yeah. I was going to say, I think, where, where do you see this going? Is there more I don't in know. store? <laughs> There's <laughs> definitely more in store. Um, it's led to me wanting to tackle other body parts and yeah. other ideologies and, and things. I think I'll always come back to the vulva pies, yeah. but I'm definitely getting braver and you know what I'm trying right now. I'm working with cake and modeling chocolate and I'm going to oh, post nice. a, a cake soon, <laughs> but um, oh, I'm excited. And then I've entered some art shows that I'm waiting to hear back. I don't know if I'll be accepted because you know, traditional art is, um, you know, painting, printmaking, sculpture, and not usually made of pastry. Usually <laughs> pastry art is in a separate vein. So I'm hoping that I can kind of push my way into that traditional art space that I'm comfortable in and maybe get some viewed in galleries and shows <laughs> other than just the erotic art shows. There's a lot of right. those, you know, but I'm trying yeah. to get into maybe some feminist art shows or women galleries. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I hope you do. I hope you do. So thank you, Michael, so much for spending time with us today. And I just know that, I mean, so many people are going to go look at your work and I just really, I appreciate it as an educator. Cause I just think it's a brilliant idea to put it in the American pie, right? The Definitely. pie that brings us together for holidays, for birthdays. Yes. Um, and it's something to it's something to talk about and we need to talk about it so thanks so much thank you for having me i've enjoyed it so much mm -hmm.